for this opportunity to come before your throne. You might, we might find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. And boy, do we need you. This earth needs you. We need you. We need your mercy. We need your love. We need your understanding. We need your counsel and your might. So we thank you for giving us all those things. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. So yesterday we started talking about the fact that he heals to the uttermost. Amen. God heals to the uttermost. Taking that from Hebrews 7.25, which is a familiar passage of scripture, which says he saves to the uttermost those who come to God by him. And so when you understand that healing is the same word that's used for saved, God saves us from everything. And and there's no extreme that he won't go to. So when we, we define the word uttermost, it really means extreme. It means from the whole of something. Amen. So when it says that he saves to the uttermost or he heals to the uttermost that means he heals hopeless cases he heals helpless cases he heals desperate cases he heals all cases there's no such thing as hard or easy for god it's all the same nothing is too hard for him sometimes the hard thing is for us to believe and so we just have to start to take on God's attitude about these things. If he says nothing is too hard for him, we have to take him at his word. We have to believe him according to his word and not according to our thinking, our thoughts, or what we think is is what God means when he says something. Uh, it's good to interpret the Bible exactly how it's read and don't uh, put man's tent or man slant on it. So if you can, can, because the word of God is pure. It doesn't need to be fixed up. It does not need to be adjusted. It does not need to be uh, handled. It doesn't need to be revamped or revised. Um, I know we have many, many translations of the Bible, but it's good. I mean, I think newer translations help to give you understanding because our our oldest version that we have access to is the King James. You all know that. And so, and, and it's probably the most accurate because of where it was taken from. Uh, it's taken from an ancient text. They refer to it as the Textus Receptus, which means a received text, which has been handed down from many, many, many generations. And so that's the oldest complete text that we have. The King James was taken from that. But I, I always have the King James as my foundation, but I also will use other translations to expand the meaning. For instance, the Message Bible is the one that we use for the Amos 913 blessing and it blesses me to hear it because if it comes from God's heart and it's God's word it is God speaking to us amen many times we'll read scripture and then meditate on it and God will give us what he really means you've had that experience I know you all have it's called revelation and it's called understanding And so when we get that revelation and understanding, we've got to know that God is talking to us to give us, you can leave it open, honey, okay, to give us greater meaning to what we just read. In other words,
words, he breaks it down to you in a language that you can easily understand. And so I'm very, very thankful for these translations. I'm thankful for the fact that God is allowing us to get more understanding. See, if it brings more understanding to you, it's God. You know what I'm saying? It's not, you don't pick up a, a, a new translation of the Bible and it says, well, all the other ones were wrong and I'm the only one that's right. You understand? It's just offered to you as a way to expand your understanding. And so I think it's good to have that. Amen. It's good to have those things because we want understanding. If we get more understanding of the word of God, we can use it more. We can get be better benefited from it. And so this word uttermost really means that God heals even the most extreme cases. And what, what could be more extreme than maybe raising somebody from the dead or uh, giving somebody new organs, new heart, new lungs, all of those things. You know, there are people uh, that have, God has caused them, allowed them to visit heaven. More than one person has said that they uh, saw a room that have had limbs in it and eyes and organs and and someone asked Jesus what that was he said it was a room of unclaimed blessings so they go unclaimed because people down here who need them don't use their faith to get them and I'm not talking about faith as a believing one-time thing sometimes it might take you some a period of time to build your faith to where you don't doubt in your heart if God can do it and if he will do it and so you just keep working at it I mean what do we have to lose you if you're going to read the word read it in a way that you want it to bless you begin to pray out of that word and say God I see in here where you heal this woman with the issue of blood or I see it here where you uh, raised this young man from the dead because you didn't want his mother to be without a son, that kind of stuff. And so it's just always good to put yourself into it. Uh, Let your faith work. Let yourself believe God for great things and he will do great things. Amen. So it says here also uttermost really means extreme. So we, we, talked about that we talked about all of these definitions yesterday but i'm going to go over them briefly for those who couldn't have been here yesterday it says also it means uttermost means completely it means perfectly it also means to the ends of the earth so god will go to the ends of the earth to heal you amen he will go to the extreme it's not like, you know, faith isn't what God uses to make it hard for us. Faith is what he uses to make it easy for us. If you can, if we're using our faith all the time. Everybody who's sitting on that chair got to have faith to believe that chair is going to hold them up. If you thought it was going to collapse for one minute, you wouldn't have sat down on it. Amen. So you put your faith in that chair to do what it's supposed to do. So we put our faith in different things all the time. Amen. And and usually when you go to the doctor and you get whatever they tell you, you have to put your faith in him to to believe that he can help you. And so, but when they can't help you, you put your faith in God. In fact, I would say put your faith in God before you go to the doctor. Say, God, I'm not getting any better here. I probably need some help. So go with me. Be with me. 
get the right person for me, get the right setup for me, get the right outcome for me. And, and I'm expecting a good outcome when I, when I get, you know, what they find out what they're going to do for me. Uh, believe that you are with me in this, even though I'm using natural means to a degree. You can use natural means to help you, but you're not depending totally on the natural for your help. Amen. We've all been there, given a diagnosis that uh, this is this is uh, incurable. You're going to have to do that for the rest of your life, or have this free rest of your life. Well, go to God and say, God, you know what? That doesn't. That's not what your word says. Your word says I'm healed, and I believe your word. I'm healed, and and we expect then to see the symptoms go away. Maybe not immediately, but little bit by little bit, they begin to dissipate. You need a little less medication. You need a little less restriction on different things in your life, et cetera, et cetera. Because as you meditate on God's word, that word produces, that is medicine. That word, look at the Bible as your medicine chest. Amen. It's not just words on a page. And some of them make you feel better and some of them don't. Amen. It, look at it as your medicine. So when you take it continually, you're feeding your body health, healing, and wholeness. And so God will heal to the uttermost. So he'll heal, heal incurable um, cases, uh, cases where there's no hope, cases where there's... Um, um, you know, tragedy involved or, or anything like that. He, he goes right into those situations with health, healing and wholeness. So what you want is to be raised up from a sick bed. You want to have all your symptoms eliminated. You want to have that in your life. And that's what he, he's come to do. He paid the price for all of that for us so that all we have to do really is believe. Amen. So when, when we talked about, uh, God healing to the uttermost, it means that there is no limit to what he will do. There's no limit to what he will do. It, it, he will make an end of sickness, period. He, he will not stop working in your body until all of it's gone. Even if you got a little bit of trouble still left and you're satisfied, he'll keep working you and working and reminding you, oh no, we gotta get this now. This won't hurt you to stay in the word a little longer so that this can leave you. So the Holy Spirit is always working to eliminate all of the curse, all of the symptoms, all of the things that plague us. So it, Jesus even went inside the gates of hell to get our healing. We talked about that. The Bible says that he spoiled principalities and powers, made an open show. What that means is he went into the bowels of hell. He retrieved all the souls there uh, that were waiting, uh, you know, the souls in paradise that had been waiting uh, to come out uh, of that holding place for the righteous until the price was paid so those people were were then taken up to heaven with christ but he also took the power away from the devil that he has stolen from adam and eve in the garden 
And so that's been given back to us. When he was raised from the dead, he announced to the disciples, all power in heaven and earth has been given to me. In other words, the devil doesn't have any power over us anymore. He can't make us do anything. In fact, Jesus said, I gave you the keys to the kingdom. So he received the power and then gave us keys to the power. What are the keys? Your faith. Your faith, whatever you allow with your faith is allowed by God. Whatever you say no to with your faith, God will back you up and help you to say no. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's that extra brownie. Ooh, somebody woke up. Amen. That extra cookie. Huh? That person you know you shouldn't be hanging around with. He'll make you say no to all kind of stuff. He will help you. He will back you up. All he wants us to do is use our faith and say yes or no to whatever it is that we desire or that we want in life. So we want to say yes to healing all the time. Amen. We want to say yes to wholeness all the time. We want to say yes to family harmony all the time. We want to say yes to reconciliation and and forgiveness all of the time. So you want to say yes to the things that God has ordained for us to have. So it's just a good thing to realize that Jesus went into the bowels of hell to retrieve. Amen to retrieve everything that the enemy has stolen from us. Amen. And so he also went into paradise and preached to those souls that were held captive there as part of the atonement. And so they were in what they called Abraham's bosom. Remember uh, the story about Lazarus and the, uh, the rich man and Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom and the rich man could see him. The Bible says there was a great gulf between this rich man who had died and gone to hell and and he could visualize or see people who were in Abraham's bosom who had died and had gone there waiting for their redemption. Amen. The redemption of their bodies, which happened as a result of Jesus work on the cross. And so when we think about that, Jesus went into the bowels of hell to retrieve our healing to retrieve our salvation, to retrieve, that's the uttermost to me. I mean, that's an uttermost thing when you think about it. It's a great thing. And so if we we understand how far he went to get what we need, then what is it for us to continue to believe him? All we have to do is pray and not give up. Believe and not quit. Believe and not doubt. Just keep believing. If you find yourself wavering in your faith, uh, you know, slap yourself a couple of times. Say, wait a minute. I've been believing all this time. I'm not giving up now. You know, I'm going to continue to believe. What's what's to give up on? He hasn't given up on us. So he did everything necessary for us to receive and secure our health, our healing, and our wholeness. So <clears throat> we also must come to him by way of the blood of Jesus. Not our good works. Now, faith is in itself a good work. Amen. When you put your faith in God, that's the work that begins the work of faith. Amen. Just grab on to a scripture that speaks to you and tells you that this is for you. 
Amen. By his stripes, you are healed. By his stripes, you were healed. Amen. He himself took sickness and pain and death and all of those things that come as a penalty for the curse of the broken law. You know, we're not lawbreakers anymore. Jesus paid the price for us to come back into fellowship with God the Father. So so we can receive that fellowship and receive all the benefits of fellowship with God anytime we repent and ask him to forgive us. I mean, what's harder than that? You don't have to go to confession. All you have to do is confess to God. Amen? You don't have to wait on a man to hear you. But you can speak it to, to God yourself in your heart or, or verbally when you get down before you pray. I always tell people before you pray and, and try to get any work done uh, in God's kingdom to always acknowledge your sin. Father, please forgive me for my sin. Father, I can think of some things that I've done wrong. There's some things I probably did wrong I can't think of. So please forgive me. I don't want to just barge in here thinking I'm okay. I want you to know that I acknowledge my weakness. I acknowledge my faults. I acknowledge that those things, I'm not here by my works. I'm here by by your mercy and by what Jesus did for me. And just allow God to to soften your heart, you know, and and move on you and and show you how he can bless your life if you'll obey his rules. So so his blood redeems us. That means you're not subject to sickness anymore. You are not on sick list. Amen. So get yourself off the sick list. That's why we have a divine health prayer. We don't have a sick prayer. We have a health prayer. Well, I'm glad about it. We don't have a sick and shut in list. We have a divine health list. Amen. <laughs> it's just true. It's important to call it what God calls it. We're not sick. Amen. We're healed. The blood cleanses us. We talked about confessing your sins. and So no sin remains between you and God. And payment and propitiation, that means God is pleased that the price has been paid. Jesus paid the price that his father demanded. To put us back in covenant with him and right relationship and fellowship. Amen. So, so we receive God's peace when we pray for the things we desire. So keep holding on. Bible says that you will receive if you don't quit, if you don't faint, if you don't give up, you will receive. So you have believe that, that you're on the receiving end of what it is that you're expecting from God. Amen. You are a receiver. You are a believer. You are not a doubter. Amen. You are a faith person. You are somebody who wants to show God your faith on a continual basis. Amen. Just expect to show it to him on a continual basis. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Miss Adrian's your hand okay, honey? You is it strained or something? Mm-hmm. Well, see if you can move it, honey. When if you feel to do it, 
can you take that off and move it too and let God heal you while you're here? Okay, honey, why don't you do that and just work it a little bit, do it a little bit. Miss Ingrid, uh, just take this oil and uh, just apply some on her hand for me, okay, if you don't mind. And and we'll believe with you that it'll be totally healed by the time you leave. If you forget to put that little wrap on one day, that means that you know that you know that you know you're healed. So, yeah, so we don't demand you do anything, but work it a little bit while you're here, okay? Amen, under this anointing. Well, Father, we thank you that Miss Ingrid is healed in Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I'm sorry, not Ingrid. Well, Ingrid, you're healed too, but man, her body's healed. Amen. Miss Adrian's healed. Praise God. Okay, so we're going to go through a few, uh, I thought, interesting stories today of people who were healed. To the uttermost. Amen. So in Luke chapter nine, if you'll turn there, we'll talk about um, these. There are two extreme situations here, but the one I do want to talk about is the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. Amen. And couldn't, nobody could do anything for her. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> and, uh, let me see. Where is she anyway? Luke nine. Ah the wrong page i think it's verse 40 we want to start okay now that's not it wait a minute hold it come on now i was just reading that it's 8 40 i'm sorry yeah 8 40 let me change that in my notes Okay, Luke 8 says it came to pass when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him for they were all waiting for him. So here's a crowd already forming for, for, to see Jesus. This is interesting because crowds represent obstacles to people who want something. Men. It, 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 it represents a hindrance to your faith getting released at the right time. Because if you're in a crowd of people and you need to be noticed by the minister, what are your chances of being noticed? Huh? And so she has to take this into account in determining how she's going to get her healing. Many people just give up, go back home. There's too many people. I'll never get there. If I don't get up there and let him touch me, I won't get it. But there are people that can find a different way. And so, and this is important to know because your faith has to be released in order for you to receive from God. And if obstacles in your way hinder your faith and tell you, well, I can't get that because, or that's going to be too much to do, or God won't hear me, or, you know, even even obstacles of your own belief or unbelief, or do I have enough faith? You know how those thoughts will go through your mind, and, and so sometimes we just kind of give up before we get started real good. But we thank God that he heals to the uttermost, which means that there's always a way for you to receive your healing. I don't care what you think the obstacles are. 
There's always a way. And so when you understand that God heals to the uttermost, just think in your mind to yourself, oh, that means there's always a way. That means there are no, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, um, cases, no, no, uh, difficult cases or no terminal cases, incurable cases. There's no such thing as that in God. So what man may say is incurable with man is possible with God. Amen. Things that are impossible with man are possible with God. With God, all things are possible. Amen. Amen. Those of us from Ohio, that's our state motto. Amen. With God, all things are possible. And so it's a, it's always um, good. The kingdom of God is a place of possibility, not impossibility. So we have to, when we enter into the kingdom, we'll start to find ways. We'll start to get ideas. We'll start to find scriptures. We'll start to find help. To make things possible. So when we talk about Jesus healing to the uttermost, that means that he opens up possibilities that we never thought existed before. And so here this woman, it says, um, uh, this, this man Jairus, the, the ruler of the synagogue is wanting his daughter, uh, to be healed. And this daughter is 12 years old. And then we've got a woman coming up beside him who's been sick for 12 years. Amen. So this 12, 12 is really the number of man's government. So this daughter has been held uh, um, healthy for 12 years, probably relying on her parents, nutrition, doctors. And it's the end of man's government over her life because she's laying dying. Same thing with the woman with the issue of blood. She's been bleeding 12 years. She's given all her money to the doctors. The Bible says in one of the accounts, it says she has has spent all her living on physicians and could not be healed of any. One of the accounts says she actually has been getting worse. So her condition, even though she's been under man's authority, has not improved. In fact, she's deteriorated over the years. Is this a hopeless situation for God? Of course not. He doesn't care if you keep getting worse and worse every year. And the doctors say, we can't help you anymore. We'll just wait for you to, you know, slip away or we'll make you comfortable or we'll offer you hospice or, well, what do you want? Decide what you want. It's up to you what you want God to do. Nothing's impossible for him. So you just hang on to your faith. Amen. You keep feeding yourself the word of God. You keep telling yourself this is possible with God. This is possible. My situation is not impossible. My case is different. Amen. <laughs> I was listening to um, our archbishop, a bishop, uh, Oyadepo, who he is in Nigeria and uh, he was preaching on my case is different. And so I was listening to that and it, he gave some examples in, in the Bible. And, uh, as he was preaching, he was saying, uh, what he was saying, repeat after me. Let's hear you say this. It's different in my case. 
And so every time people say it's different in my case. And so I never noticed it, but he did most of his teachings that I've seen, uh, cover the teaching and not the altar call. Well, I found out that after he preaches, there's a whole line of praise report people coming up to testify that they received. Amen. Healings pop up all over the place. I said, well, that's a true prophet of God. You know, if your words can, can release the kind of faith that gets the results that Jesus got, my goodness, you know, that's, that's something to celebrate. And, and so I just said, I said, ah, Lord. You're opening my eyes to some things here. Amen. Because <clears throat> I thought about it. I said, when when we see people in the Bible being healed by Jesus, it doesn't look like he just gives an altar call and everybody comes up, like neat and orderly. It looks like people get, you know, now I've stopped service for people. You know what I'm saying? They can't stay. They can't stay. I've reversed the order of service. You know, if we usually pray our prayers beforehand. I know somebody's there that won't be able to in pain or something. I'll just say, well, let's pray after we have the, the ministry part of this. We'll just pray and do a healing school, do the healing school first and do the prayer later. It doesn't bother me to flip things around. You know, God's not into the business of torturing people. You know, sometimes people come to your meeting for the first time. They don't know what to expect and they're expecting their, their usual, you know, one hour or at the most two hours service. You know what I'm saying? And ours is longer. So, you know, we, we just accommodate people when we can. And I'm thinking that Jesus did the same thing. He accommodated people based on their situation and their circumstance, you know, so unless it's totally, totally much better for them to get teaching and then you know come back to a night service or they need to marinate the word a little bit before their faith is built just let them you know uh dictate the terms of their healing and so we've seen people healed under these circumstances folks you know you just shift the meeting around a little bit to accommodate their time schedule what they thought was going to happen but i don't see jesus just having an orderly kind of thing like that having an altar call and having a prayer line like we do people just came up to him they screamed at him they shouted they went up in top of trees and Leap down for the healing. You know what I'm saying? So what can you say? And I think this is what happened with this lady. Whatever she felt in her heart she needed to do to get power from Jesus, she did it. And it says here, it says um, she could not be healed of any. Amen. She came behind him. And touched the border of his garment. So she didn't ask Jesus. She didn't uh, face him. She didn't have him touch her. She didn't go the traditional route for her healing. She went an unconventional, untraditional route and God met her. Why? Because all he needs is your faith. See, your faith will take you from sitting, wishing you could be healed to getting up and getting close to the Lord so you can receive it from him. Amen. Your faith will move you to do certain things. And it says that that she said within herself, she came behind him in the press and, and 
she touched the border of her garment. One of the accounts said, because she said within herself, if I can touch him, I'll be made whole. She knew somehow inside of her that the touch was all that was necessary. Did she think it would have to be a voluntary touch on his part? No. Did she feel that she could take the power from him? Yes. Because she went up behind him. He never saw her. He never granted permission in a verbal way. He didn't even know she was there until the power went out of him. So she had something inside of her telling her that this is how this stuff happens. See, how healing happens is very important for us to understand. I can't stress that enough. The more you meditate on scripture, you know, you find stories like this and you begin to take time, go slow, think about it, ask God to show you. Well, God, Jesus mostly healed people that came to him and asked. Amen. Because even the blind man came up to him and Jesus asked him, he said, what do you want me to do? Oh. And so we take that as an indication that this man had to express his faith or his desire. The Bible says, ask anything or ask and it will be given to you. That asking is a common procedure for receiving anything from God. When you ask, you invite that into your life. It can't be forced on you and it can't be pushed on you. Or God would push a lot of stuff on us that we were not ready for, we're not expecting. So then faith, when, when Jesus says, what can I do for you? When they express what they want, that faith opens a door for him to give it to them. So faith opens a door for you to receive and at the same time for Jesus to give you what you desire and what you need. Well, this lady must have had the door open already. Amen. And she must have got permission somehow that it it would be granted to her. And so we find the 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 uh, we find the answer. Let me flip over to Mark real quick. Mark chapter five. I think that's where it is. See, it's always good to get the understanding of how things happen, how they work. Amen. So Mark chapter five. Let's go to Matthew 9. That's where it is, because I like that one. So read them all sometimes. You can piece together how things happen. <clears throat> okay. All right, so Matthew 9, verse 20. So Jesus arose, followed his disciples, because he was on his way to somebody's house to heal his daughter. All right? On his way going to do something for somebody else, this woman comes up behind him. And verse 20, it says, And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment, for she said within herself. It's very important what you say within yourself. Amen. 
It's very important what you say within yourself. If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. So somehow inside her, faith talked to her and told her she would get what she wanted if she could do this a certain way. She needed the power of God to come in her, and the person that contained that power was Jesus. Amen? And so somehow she had to go there and get the power into her body. Now, how is she going to do that? Well, she could have gone up and asked him for prayer just like this this ruler of the synagogue did. He went up and worshipped Jesus, said, come to my house, heal my daughter. She's at the point of death, very sick. Jesus takes off with this man, and here this lady comes and doesn't even talk to Jesus. She doesn't interrupt him. She doesn't even stop him. Why? Because the faith that's in her heart tells her hers is going to come a different way. See, your faith will tell you how your healing's going to come. Amen? If you'll listen. Amen? If you'll ask. Most of us are scared to ask God how... All these things, God is like, what, this is what we do. When we want to know something from God, we take the negative route. God, what am I doing wrong? Well, he's not going to answer anything like that. He knows that's doubt disguised as religious fervor, you know, as real concern. He knows you don't want to know what you're doing wrong. You need to ask, what am I doing right? And can I continue doing it? You know? <laughs> You know what we really want to know when we ask stuff like that? How long am I going to have to keep doing this before you let me off the hook and I can quit reading my Bible and go do something else? Well, naughty child. You might as well ask it because he can read that in you already. He said, no, they're not ready yet. They ain't done yet. Amen. Stick a fork in them. They're still tough. Amen. Amen. If he sticks a fork in you and you jump and, ow, that means you're still alive. He wants you dead. Amen. To want to get off the hook and sold on if I have to do this every single day for the rest of my life in order to get healed and stay healed, I'm going to do it. Amen. And in fact, it's a blessing to me to have a way to get healed. Amen. That's why we need to, to think about things. So anyway, this, this lady though is, is interesting because she's got mountains in her life. Amen. And what do we say about uttermost? When he heals to the uttermost, that means he'll go to the ends of the earth. He'll definitely remove every obstacle. He'll get everything out of your way. He does that. We don't do that. We talk to the mountains, amen, we speak to them, we tell them what we're going to do and override them, but we don't expect Jesus to just come and, and sweep sweep everything out of the way for us and put out a red carpet. Your faith has to do, you got faith to remove, you got faith to override doubt. You have faith to override all of these things that you think is the reason it won't happen. The doctor said, well, I've got a diagnosis. Well, you've got a great physician who cancels every diagnosis that the devil will put on you. Amen. He spoiled principality. The devil has no power over us anymore. Amen. As long as we submit to God, resist him. 
And he's got to run in terror, run for his life from us because of our faith. Amen. So this lady is is really on the fringes. She's a fringe person. But she's not even wanting to be detected in the crowd. This is opposite of the way most people got their healing that went to Jesus. They got noticed by him. Remember, a certain person, a certain man, a certain this, a certain that. That word certain means they got his attention. Amen. They got his attention with their faith. And so that was a traditional way that people got healed. They went to the minister. They got his undivided attention. They pled their case and he granted what they, what they asked for. And so here we got a different scenario though. This lady is not wanting to be detected. Why not? She's not supposed to be touching anybody. According to the law of Moses, the priests, when you had an issue of anything from your body, this is interesting because if, if, you know, the people who have studied medicine and given us all these great inventions over the years, took them centuries to find stuff that's plainly in the Bible. And the Bible has rules in there for sanitation and cleanliness. Because if there was anything issuing out of your body, they they had you take your clothing. You had to separate yourself from other people so that you couldn't contaminate them. It was this way with leprosy. It was this way with any, like a, an oozing sore or blood, If especially if it, uh, women who had, was, were receiving their uh, monthly menstrual cycle, they they were separated from everybody you couldn't sit on the same seat that they sat on amen because the the jew was trained not to cross contaminate himself with somebody who had any kind of of issue or any kind of ooze or any kind of uh you know pus or anything like that running running sores anything coming out of their body they were to separate themselves from people. So she was not allowed out even probably to go to the doctors. Amen. But that was the only thing she could do. More than likely, they came to her. And so when when it says all these physicians, and probably they weren't the best of doctors, why didn't she go to the priest? It doesn't say. She just didn't go. Might have been she didn't want to go. She just trusted in natural things which is what a lot of people do now. They'll go to the doctor because they're used to going. They're going to the doctor, you know, they get a, a cough or a cold, they go and get a Z-pack or whatever they go, giving out now and come on home and lay down and it never stop to pray, never stop to take authority. If they can call the elders of the church, they don't do that. They just go off into the natural, never stop to ask God to heal them. I'm just saying, folks, I'm not, not throwing no shade at nobody. If that's your, your routine, you need to break it. Start praying before you go. Even if you're determined to go, pray. Ask God to meet you there. Ask God to heal you. Amen. Sometimes you ask God to heal you by the time you pull up in the parking lot at the urgent care or minute clinic or whatever they are. Amen. All your symptoms are gone. 
You're feeling better. God's moved and healed you before you even got there. And so here this woman is. She's she's bleeding for 12 years. Life is oozing out of her. And she's not getting any better. Amen. It might be that she crawled on the ground since she touched the hem of his garment. Just hanging down toward close to the ground. So she either had to press through the crowd or she had to go get on the ground, but she bowed down to get what she needed. That's a hint for us. You gotta humble yourself to get what you need from God. Amen. Amen. But when it says she said this within herself, she didn't just make that up. Hello? Within you is where faith talks to you. Amen? Faith isn't a voice that's out here and coming into your ears from outside. Faith is in your heart. So what you speak to yourself in your heart is really what God is saying to you. Amen? So God begins to talk to her. Once she hears that she can't go to the doctors anymore, She's out of money. Amen. That forces her to listen somewhere else. And she hears about this man, Jesus, who does miracles. But she also knows that she's an unclean person and she is a Jewish woman. She's a woman of the faith. So she somehow that kicks in on her. That she's under restrictions by God's law. But God will even add mercy to his law. You understand what I'm saying? He's like, you know, it's like this. Okay, lady, you've been separated from people all these years, for 12 years. You've obeyed God. You haven't contaminated anybody. Physicians who came to see you came because they felt they had the freedom to come. So God forgave her every time a physician touched her. You got me? And and even though it was against the law of Moses, she reached out for help. He he gave mercy and forgave her for those things. They were violations of the Mosaic law. But here she has to get a touch from Jesus anyhow. If somebody could have if she could have had The resources, mental resources. See, there were many people that went to Jesus and said, oh, yeah, my cousin is home sick. You know, I want him healed. And just like the the uh, centurion did, he said, my servant is at home sick, uh, but don't come to my house. Just say the word. He'd be healed. See, she could have been healed that way. But faith inside her. Taylor made a scenario just for her. See, many times when we want healing, we're looking to fit a mold that we think God is looking for so he can approve of us and take all our symptoms away. But sometimes he just doesn't want to fit a mold. He wants to make a mold to fit you. Amen? So don't think God is above Making a situation, a scenario or something like that, he's creative enough to make a situation that makes sense to each and every one of us whereby we can receive 
all of our healing, the uttermost healing. Eliminate every trace of every symptom. You know, sometimes we get rid of major symptoms and feel that, oh, I can just live with this. We don't say it verbally, but our attitude conveys it. Amen. You just kind of live with the rest of it. Well, why should you when he heals to the uttermost? Amen. See, many times we want to live with a little bit of the devil in us, not realizing he's working on taking over the whole show again. The devil's not satisfied with a corner, and God isn't either. And God, if he's moving on you to continue in the word and let, okay, we got symptom number one gone, symptom number two gone, let's work on symptom number three. Amen. And just keep at it, keep at it, keep at it until we get the whole enchilada. Amen. And that's what he wants us to have. He died to make us whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken, no compromise, not a little bit of sin, not a little bit of sickness, not a little bit of this, not a little bit of that. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Amen? It'll just continue to grow and swell and grow and swell. So you don't want the devil creeping back up on you. You want that whole thing eliminated. So he heals to the uttermost. Amen? He heals to the uttermost, so don't stop getting your healing. (laughs) Keep on getting your healing, amen? That's what we need to do. So here she said, if I can just touch his garment, I will be whole. He doesn't have to touch me. I can touch him. It was the touch that she figured it out. She said something happens that transfers to these people when he touches them. Amen. And she realized that it was the touch that she needed. Now, she couldn't touch him physically. Why? Because she was separated from people because as long as she was bleeding, she was considered unclean. So she didn't violate the law especially touching the priest. You didn't touch them because they were ceremonially clean. So they were considered clean as they ministered to you by virtue of the anointing. So the Holy Spirit just helped her devise a plan so that she could get that touch and that transfer of power from him to her. So this lady realized something the average believer doesn't know. It's the The power being transferred that does the work. It's not brother so-and-so, him just, I just want him to touch me because he's a, you know, this, that, and other. It's the touch of whoever's got the power. See, sometimes you don't know who's got the power. God will lead you to that person though. Amen. There's times you you just don't know people. Amen. There are people who come to our meetings and, and they'll say things like, well, I don't know you. I never knew you, met you before, but I had a dream about you, that you prayed for me and, and God healed me. And then I went down to the corner store and there was a flyer with your face on it. You, you see what I'm saying? They don't know me from anybody and don't need to know me. Just need to know God and God will set it up for you. Amen. And so when we talk about these things, there is a power that is released when you're, when you get your healing. That power is the power of God and it comes upon you to affect the healing and the cure. And she must have got it right because that's exactly what happened. 
Because Jesus said, it, it, she says, she came behind him and touched his, the border of his garment and immediately her issue of blood stopped. So she made contact with that power and that power killed the disease that was killing her. See, I don't care what's killing you or what's got you down. There's a power greater than that power that's killing you that will make you whole again. There's a power greater than that power that's stopping you from getting the things you need in life that will help you. Amen. So we have a power greater than the power. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. So you have the greater one helping you all the time. Amen. To get whole, healed, whatever you need. And Jesus said, who touched me? He's aware when faith is involved. Amen. Who touched me? It's like in some instances it says when Jesus saw their faith, he saw her faith by the feel. See, many times we as believers, we can tell faith by the way we perceive it with our spirits by feel. You know, it's a perception you have, an atmosphere thing that you can perceive that faith is involved in things. Amen. And so, and so get accustomed to paying attention more to the things of the spirit than you do the things of the natural. Amen. Sometimes we get all excited about things where, you know, get in the flesh and excited. You know, you like people the way they talk. We like their message. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just like stuff. And make sure that you like with a discernment, though, and you can discern if that person is being truthful to you by the Spirit. Listen to things by the Spirit. And so, and there, those that were with him said, Master, he said, the multitudes are pressing in on you. Amen? And, and you're asking who touched you. Why are you saying that? So here the disciples are un, unaware of how the power is transferred. And they've been ministering under it. Must say it again. The disciples are unaware of how the power is transferred and they've been ministering under it. See, there's a lot of things about the realm of the spirit. You could be working as a minister and you can be having success in your ministry and still not understand many things of the spirit. That's why all these stories are here in the Bible, to help us to understand what we sometimes take for granted and assume we understand, but we don't have a clue. Sometimes we have no clue. So it's the power that heals. It, it was the power coming through Jesus that healed. If this lady could have gotten it any other way, she would have. Amen? So here we have... The setup for the garments carrying the power of God. The garment of the priest carries the power of God. Paul had that experience. Amen. They said that, that from his body were taken handkerchiefs and aprons and they were given to people. Evil spirits left them and bodies were healed because of the transfer of power on that cloth. We use it now. We have prayer cloths that we we have that we cut from off the the shawl that I wear when I preach healing schools, amen? And God's power is transferred onto them. I remember a a lady came to one of our um, conferences, this was recently, um, 
our sister Jane Tedesco. Um, she's up in Michigan and she, <laughs> I have ministered to her, I guess, 20 years. Oh my, I'm such a young thing to have bit. Well, let me stop. Okay. Uh, but anyway, it <laughs> been a good 20 years <laughs> ministered to her. And, um, during that time, that season, I would use my clothing a lot, you know, to put on people or I still do it sometimes what I need to. It's a young lady was not feeling well in one of our meetings and, you know, it was during worship or something like that, you know, and I, I just didn't want to stop the service and the Lord said, just take your, your, um, duster that I wear to preach in some days, take that off and tell her to put it on and I'll heal her. And so sure enough, about 10 minutes, she said, I'm better now. I said, good, give my stuff back. No. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I had been at a meeting. I was invited to go accompany another minister who was staying at my home at the time. And this was in upper Michigan, not too far up, maybe an hour from where I was staying. And uh, I was at a church and um, I just saw her in the audience and, and this friend of mine was ministering. She was a guest minister that night and she sat beside me, you know, in I think it was before she ministered, I don't know, after, during the altar call, or I don't know, I forget what order it was, but she was sitting beside me. I said, you know, there's a lady here I think God wants me. She said, oh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, you know. So anyway, uh, the Lord gave me a prophecy for her about her ministry and so forth and so on. And, and Jane shared the testimony, and I put my duster over her, and the weather was kind of mild outside, and she was still out under the power when we were getting ready to leave they had to scrape her up off the floor but anyway uh she kept it i just let her keep it and she said for years she would pray with her children and she said i kept that in my closet because she's she's way small you know it's way too big for her but anyway she kept it and she said if they would need prayer for somebody the kids would say ma ma you want to go get the coat she said yeah let's go get the coat (laughs) amen so the power of god is on these things on your garments and all these things amen that's why I don't throw clothes away. You know, if I have them in there, in, not in shreds, but you know what I'm saying. I always give them to somebody. If I, people I know first and then they go off to goodwill, somebody will get saved through them or something. You know, they'll, they'll get healed or whatever, you know, the need is. I just believe God's power works like that because it's scriptural. It has to work like that or this lady couldn't have been healed. And so virtue went out of him. He said, he said, somebody touched me because I felt power go out of me. So your faith always pulls power out of God. Amen. Amen. This is how people got healed by touch. If Jesus extended his hand voluntarily and touched them, your faith has to draw that out of him to help you. So always expect God to complete your healing, to start your healing, whatever it is, expect it by faith to happen. Amen. And that healing virtue will come into your body and work on you and affect the healing and a cure. Amen. 
The only thing God has to do is get our attention long enough for that process to develop, that we don't quit and we don't give up on it before we get what we came for. And sure enough, that lady got what she came for, and she was still hiding from him. Amen. It says, and when the woman saw that she was not hidden, So she was really trying to hide herself from him, but something in her told her, and that's the Holy Ghost. Because if it's the truth and it came to pass, that's the Holy Spirit talking to her. It says she said within herself, but she's having a contact, a conversation with God within herself. And that's what we do. We meditate the word. You just sit there and, and muse about the word and reflect on it and think on it. You're not thinking by yourself. You're thinking with God. He's helping you, giving you the right thoughts to think. Amen? And so it says, and when the woman saw she wasn't hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. When you're healed, you know it. Amen. When you're healed, you know it. There is something in you and you may not know it consciously at first. Amen. I remember uh, flagging my nephew down, uh, Stephen, <laughs> one I just did his wedding ceremony about. It's not been a year ago, but we had pop up wedding at the church in Cleveland. But anyway, well, Stephen, he had bought a car from me. And he still owed me money. And I saw him on the street and flagged him down. I like pulled up beside him and kept turning my steering wheel like I was going to run him off the road. Hey, auntie. Hey, auntie. I said, auntie, nothing. So he pulled over. I said, where's my money? Oh, auntie, you know I'm good for him. I'll get your money. So I looked in there and I saw there was a crutch in the car with him. And I said, what's wrong with you? I said, you still on crutches? It had been a year. I remember him having some kind of foot injury or something. And I said, I said, boy, let me pray for you. And I just stuck my hand there, slapped my hand on his head. And I said, be healed in Jesus name. I said, okay. I said, I'm going to let you go this time. I said, I wouldn't twist money from the arm of an injured infirm people. I said, but you're healed. I said, go on. So anyway, uh, he later told me, he said, you know what, Auntie? He said, I went to the mall. He said, and I was in the mall in the store, and I realized I didn't have my crutch with me. I'd left my crutch in the car, see? So he knew in him he was healed, but his conscious brain hadn't caught up with it yet, see? But the inner man told the 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 conscious man he was healed. And so he just took off like a, a healed person would. Somebody needed no crutch. And that's what happened to him. He received his healing that way. So when you're healed, you know it on the inside. Amen. On the inside. So when she's told him all the truth, and he said, daughter, be of good comfort. In other words, I'm not mad at you for breaking the Old Testament law. Jesus ushered in the new covenant as he ministered. He he preached the kingdom, which is new covenant theology. Amen. Being open and access and available to everybody by faith. So while he yet spoke, there's, you know, this other situation from the synagogue. But here this woman was in fear. She was outcast. So this is an uttermost healing. Amen. We said that uttermost meant that he would go to the fringes 
of culture, of society, of the law, wherever, and heal people who were on the outskirts, on the outside, not the in crowd, not the multitude, not the, you know, group of people who felt they had a right to be there kind of thing. He was, was there to not only get the multitudes, but also the people on the outskirts who felt like they couldn't get in with the crowd. They couldn't keep up with the crowd. The blind man who had to stay on the fringes of the crowd and holler for Jesus to help him because he couldn't get up and walk and keep up with the people who were following him. So it's like if you're a person, say for instance, if you, if you feel like you, you need to get to a healing meeting and you just can't get there, how can you get healed? Don't let that stop you. Your faith will still work. You got to believe for an alternative. So many times, people I I see people on the internet all the time that are asking for prayer, and God will, it, for certain ones, He'll say just just send them a personal message and tell them, you know that that you'll send them a prayer cloth and a healing packet, devotional, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And and people often there was a young lady recently that had heart disease, and they had. There were three things wrong with her heart. She's a young woman. And so I sent her a healing packet and I told her, I said, we're standing on, on the scripture, you know, if, uh, uh, Psalms 112 that says your heart is fixed. And I said, just meditate on that. I said, and keep this prayer cloth on you. Well, when she went to the doctors again, there was nothing. They canceled surgery. There was nothing wrong. Her heart was fixed. Amen. And so really often that's all it takes is you to put your faith in God's word. Amen. You know, God's not in the business of torturing us to, oh, you know, you can't get it that fast. You get it the first time you believe. Amen. You just open your heart to receive what you're believing for. Amen. So these cases that we're talking about, him healing to the uttermost, and in these cases, there is a mountain that is forbidding these people to receive their healing. There's always going to be something standing in your way that seems reasonable that God won't do it or you shouldn't expect God to do it. Amen. And so when, when this is to keep them from receiving. So this is why it qualifies as an uttermost healing because there's some resistance, some opposition, and sometimes the resistance might seem reasonable. Like the woman with the issue of blood. It, it, how can she touch the priest when she's unclean? How can she be out in the public where he is if she's unclean? Well, something in her told her, just go and don't let him know. Go touch him and don't let him know. See, the Holy Spirit schools us. Some of those people that got these unique healings understood more about healing than the disciples who were ministers. Because this proves it right here. The disciples are saying, what do you mean who's touching you? Look at all these people are touching you, touching you, touching you. And they've been touching people, getting them healed all along, and didn't know there was a power transfer that not only worked for them to extend it to people, but now it works for people to extract it. Because it's got to be a two-way thing. It's got to be a give and a receive. And so Jesus has already given. Now it's up to us to receive. Amen. So we're receivers. We're not 
waiting on anything. We are receivers. Amen. So uh, turn to Mark chapter. Okay, I'm going to give you three things that that were uh, mountains in this lady's situation before we turn away from her. The fact that she was unclean was a mountain. The crowd was a mountain. And fear. Because she was even still fearful when Jesus talked to her after she got healed. See? That fear. See, she didn't have fear of touching him. She had fear of him touching her. She had fear of being discovered. She even got healed through that fear. And we either look at, we often look at fears. Oh, if you got fear, you can't get anything. No, it said if you waver, you can't get anything. If you doubt in your heart, her heart told her she's going to get it. And she did what her heart told her to do and she got it. Afterwards now, she comes back into her natural self where she's been scared all along going out and stuff. And so she's still trembling a little bit. So, and Jesus deals with that fear. Why? Because he heals to the uttermost. Because he knows if she gets around people now that say, what are you doing out here? You're not supposed to be out here. You know, if he doesn't take that fear of being out and known in the public from her, there's a chance she'll lose it again. So he takes that fear off of her. He said, nope. Don't you ever think you did anything wrong. You did everything right, lady. Because I'm a mercy minister. I'm not a legal minister. I'm a mercy minister. Amen. Mercy came before the law. The law came to teach us right from wrong. Now that you know right from wrong, you know God, then the law is not is not higher than the mercy of God to help you in spite of. Amen. All the legal ramifications. The law is just a schoolmaster, teacher. You need the minister now. Once you tap into the minister, you got the teacher who, who wrote the law. If Jesus who wrote the law will heal you and you quote unquote broke the law, that must mean that law has to yield to the master. It has to yield to the one who made it up. Amen. So if Jesus says you can have it, you can have it. Amen. In spite of what you think. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. So Mark chapter seven. Why don't we go there? Everybody's still awake. Everybody's still awake. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, uh, brother E, how much time do I have, my friend, or whoever's keeping the time? Mark. How many? Ten? Eight? Seven? Which, what y'all doing to me? What y'all doing to me? Praise the Lord. Well, we gonna work with the eight, okay? We'll work with eight minutes. In Mark chapter seven, here's this lady with a demon possessed daughter. Now, here we've got one lady that was just healed. She's a Hebrew woman, so she's under the Jewish law. This lady is a pagan. She's like under Baal. You know, she probably, you know, she's probably into ritual sacrifices and, and, and fake God worship and all that. She has no covenant with the true and living God. Mark chapter 7 and verse 20. 
six, I think it is, starts. Okay, 24. From there, Jesus arose and went to the borders of Tyre and Sidon. These are Gentile nations. He went into a house, amen, and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. Why could he not be hid? The anointing that attracts people. When holiness is around, people perceive it. Amen. So it says here, for a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard that he was in that house. So anyway, Jesus is like on her territory now. So she feels like she can go and receive something because he's like, oh, I don't have to go to the temple. I don't have to be Jewish. I don't have to be a convert. He's over here in my territory. You need to understand that Jesus makes himself available to everybody. You understand? And when you work for him, you got to make yourself available to people. We just can't go where we want to go and call ourselves servants. Amen. This is what, this is what speaks the, the defeat with many ministers. They hang around a certain circle. There's certain people that they'll preach for because they feel like, ah, well, whatever. And usually they're people just like them. They seldom reach people that really need them. They close the doors to many different groups of individuals. Why? Because they've already decided where they want to be, where they want to go, and how they want to go there. Amen. It, it just, it just happens. So it's, it's, it can be the, the ruin of many good ministers because they don't open themselves up just to obey God anymore. You know, they get to a certain place, a certain stature, and they just don't, don't really, you know, they see themselves doing things a different way. I'll just put it that way. So anyway, it says, uh, and you know, I just tell people who are ministers always pray about what people ask you to do see if god wants you to do it amen and and uh, obey if god tells you to do things obey them and so this jesus made himself available to everybody that's why he went to these gentile places he went to his own first the bible says his own received him not but to as many as received him, he gave them power to become sons of God. Amen. So this was for everybody, but he was promised to the Jew. He fulfilled that promise to them, but it didn't say he was limited. Amen to them. So she finds him on her turf. So she gets enough courage. Amen. To go and talk to him. Her daughter had an unclean spirit. And she came and fell at his feet, and she was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, let the children first be filled, because it's not right to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. So here this lady is an outcast, insulted, somebody who feels like she doesn't belong because she really doesn't. She doesn't have a covenant with God. But there's something in her that already feels like she's not supposed to ask. 
you ever have that inside of you? You know, oh wow, is this, is this too much for God to do? Can he really do that? I mean, would he do that for me? See, we all have that unworthy thing in us to one degree or another. If you don't think it right away, pretty soon the devil will bring it up. Like you might get real happy, happy in a meeting and ask in faith and just rejoice and, oh God, I'm going to get it. I believe I received it now. And then later on you say, Oh, why haven't I gotten it yet? What did I do wrong? Is there something wrong with me? See, we all have that. We're all this Syrophoenician woman. We're on the outside of the covenant because our mind will take us there. Your mind will take you to the last time you did something wrong or the last thing you said that wasn't kind or the last time you didn't have time to read your word or whatever it is, your high crime and misdemeanor that you've done. Amen. But there's something that's going to make us all feel like an outcast. Amen. And, and we need to address those things. You need to address them with God. You know, tell God, God, come on, forgive me. I, you know, here I am thinking I got it. And, and here I am back thinking I don't have it. I'm not entitled to everything. So she was one of those unentitled people. She doesn't qualify as one of the children. She's not a Jew. And so she, in her mind, already felt that that was going to be held against her. That was her fear. The fact that Jesus was on her turf gave her a little bit of faith. But in the back of her mind, she was thinking, he's probably not going to do it for me because I'm not a Jew. See? And, and Jews often... F- referred to Gentiles as dogs. They commonly said that to them and about them. So she's got to get this I'm a dog thing out of her system because it's blocking her faith. If it weren't blocking her faith, Jesus never would have brought it up. But he, what he's doing is he's projecting He's reading her thoughts on the inside of him. And instead of going to her and say, oh, honey, you're not a dog. I don't want you to feel that way. He says, she may not even own it if I approach her that way. See, the way God approaches people is very important for him getting to the root of the problem. And the root of the problem is she feels unworthy. And she's expecting him to say exactly what he says. Oh, he gives her what she's believing for. Huh? She said, he said, nah, she's not ready. Her faith isn't free enough yet. So I'm going to have to work this dog thing out of her. So the quickest way to get at it is to just go for it. And he says, nah, it's not right for me to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. And she says, really? I'm a dog? Well, if I'm a dog, I'm entitled to the crumbs from the table. In other words, you don't have to give me anything. I'll take the leftovers. But I'm entitled to have my daughter healed. And what did Jesus say? He said, oh, okay, well, for that saying, you got it. (laughs) See, once he moves the obstacle out of the way, you get what you want. Your obstacle will hinder your faith. If you think in your heart you're not worthy, if you think in your heart God won't forgive you, if you think in your heart you haven't read enough word yet and I haven't confessed enough word and I haven't done this enough and that enough, if you think all that stuff, God will accommodate you. That'll be a hindrance until you get rid of it. Huh? 
And you say, God, you know what? I don't know if I've quoted enough scripture or not. I don't know if I've read enough word or not, but I'm going to worship you and thank you and praise you for my healing anyway, because I received it when I prayed and I'm not waiting on anything to happen. I've got it now. Amen. And I expect to be healed. I expect my symptoms to go away. I expect the thing that I'm be praying for to come to me. I expect it. See, if you can get from behind the mountain of unbelief and behind the mountain of doubt, behind the mountain of not worthy, I'm behind the mountain is for special people and not for me. If you can get yourself out from behind that mountain and say, I've got it anyway. I'm going to get it anyway. There's something in this for me. If God is God, I get it anyway. I don't, you don't have to feed me the first. You don't have to feed me from the table. I can take the crumbs and still my daughter will be healed. Amen. So she's thinking he's got something special for the Jewish people that other people get, can't have. But then she looks at that. She looks at, but you know what? I got a daughter at home who's demon possessed. And if I don't fight my way out of this, mountain that's holding her healing back i'll never get it it's it's now or never so the uttermost healing situations are now or never so and so is at death's door are you going to believe for death to leave or are you going to believe for death to take them you got to make a stand I'm going to believe for death to leave. Death, get off of my family. Get off of my relative. Get out of my house. Get out of my face. This person will not die. They will live and declare the works of the Lord. We're not dying around here. God, Our God is the God of the living, not the dead. And he's bringing life to us on a continual basis. We shall not die. We will live. And so once you understand that and you keep declaring that and you feed yourself with that and you believe that and nothing else, then God will have to come for your faith. He can't, he can't overlook your faith. If you believe in God, he won't deny you. Just quit flip-flopping. Now quit listening to what the natural is saying, letting it move you and be, don't be moved by that. Be like Abraham. He didn't consider his age, his body, Nothing. You know, his his past failures, he didn't consider any of that stuff. He just considered what God told him. Amen. He has strong faith. Strong faith doesn't consider the natural. Amen. That's all it takes for strong faith, y'all. Is don't look at don't look at the lab report. Don't look at the doctor's report. Don't look at your your blood test. Don't look at any of that stuff. Just look at the word. Look at what God says, and He will do it for you. You show Him that you don't care what man says. You only care what God says. You show Him that He'll perform for you. He won't leave you out there high and dry and say, "Well, you believed it, but." Nah, I don't know. He ain't like that. He'll work with your faith. If you show him a little bit, he'll work with that little bit until it gets to be big enough. He did it with this lady. He, When she first came up, she was kind of wishy-washy, and he read her mind. He read her thoughts. He said, she's expecting me to treat her just like the the uh rabbis other rabbis in the Seneca the Pharisees and the Sadducees get away from me you dog so he did it see if he could provoke something out of her amen 
But see, he was ready for her. He was ready for her to say, I'm getting it anyway. He'll do things to us to provoke our faith. Sometimes we'll we'll be looking at lab reports expecting them to get better and they get worse. That'll teach you not to look at them. Somebody believed that somebody I ain't so sure about. That'll teach you to look at them. Huh? You go on WebMD and find out all your, huh? That'll teach you. Did that, did, do you get your faith from WebMD or you get your faith from the Word of God? You gotta make up your mind what source you're using. Honey, you, you go to WebMD and get depressed. You're supposed to get depressed looking at that stuff. That's not where your hope is. Man can't heal you. Now they can help you feel better sometimes, but Jesus is the healer. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for understanding of your word. Thank you for the blessing of your word. Thank you, Father, that your word is power. Every jot, every tittle, every scripture has power in it. So we thank you, Lord, for the power of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you.